Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining for another episode of When Ghosts Speak. Now, Marianne, you've got another fun story. I do. Uh, Ruth left a message and it said, Marianne, please call me as soon as possible. I've got a big problem with my husband, Larry. At least I think it's Larry's problem. And I called Ruth and she said she's been to a few of my events. And at the last one, Larry was with her. And you actually made an impression on Larry. He was almost 70% that he believes that you can do what you do. And I says, oh, good. 70 is better than zero. <laughs> so I said, what else is going on? She says, Ruth asked if there was an earthbound spirit in the house. And I said, yeah. I said, a young man about, I don't know, maybe 23, 24. I don't think he's over 25 years old. And she said, our daughter's ages are 20 and 22. And she stopped and she said, uh-oh. She said, this can't be good. And she said, you know, I gave her have priests come in, a minister come in, smudge the house. She said, no, 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 no. She said she didn't want to have the house blessed or smudged. She just wanted me to come over. When I got there, Larry, Ruth, and both daughters were there. So was the ghost. And I looked at him and said, hi. And he totally ignored me. And so much that doesn't happen very often. And the five of us sat around her dining room table, and the ghost was standing in the doorway between the dining room and the kitchen, and just just standing there staring, still not talking. So I said, how long have you all felt like someone was in the house? Terry, the older daughter, said, maybe four or five months, and Sue agreed, the younger daughter. Larry said, I was feeling weird since maybe the end of January. And I asked how. And he said, when I work in my home office, the computer never works right or the printer. The window blinds are open. Leave the office for a minute to get a cup of coffee. When I come back, they're open. It took an hour for me to sort out some paperwork. I had it in nice little stacks on my desk went to the closet to get an envelope. And when I turned around, all the stacks were on the floor. Totally all messed up again. My chair is always changed. I'm the only one that uses it. I take it out, sit down, and I'm way too low. Next time I go to sit down and it's up as high as it can go. He said, I don't mess with the chair. I don't do that. And Ruth said, I never, never go in his office. She said, I, I do not do that. She said, sometimes, Ruth said, the only thing that happened is that I was making Larry a birthday cake. And for some reason, the temperature got all the way to the top and it burned. 
And I thought, wow, how did I do that? And she said, and I had everything to start another one. So I threw that one out and I put the batter and the pan back in the oven and I went to the living room, came back. She says, after 20 minutes, the stove was turned off. That batter was ruined. She says, I ended up going to the store and buying a cake because I couldn't make a cake. She says, and the oven has worked fine ever since then. She says, I just don't understand how that can happen. And I looked at Terry, the older daughter, and I says, anything happening to you? Yes, she said, I know I'm being watched. My underwear is always out of my drawer. It was freezing and snowing in February. My bedroom window was wide open at three o'clock in the morning. She said, I would never do that. A few weeks ago, I had a really bad day. I got home, poured myself a glass of wine, put it in the family room, went upstairs to change clothes, came down. The glass of wine was gone. I was home alone. I found the glass of wine in the refrigerator 20 minutes later. How did it get in the refrigerator? I looked at Sue, the younger daughter, and I said, how about you? She said, oh, I'm sure he's in the bathroom with me. When I bathe or shower, and Terry laughed, she said, this one time she asked me to sit in the bathroom when she showered. Sue said, I can feel fingers on my back, and the water keeps changing temperatures. Sue said, I like to save a few bucks in case of an emergency. I used to keep it in a glass jar on my makeup table. One day it wasn't there. I looked all over and finally found it in a shoebox in my closet. She said, my mother, my father, my sister, nobody would do this. And so it's been like a game. Every morning I find it and I put it where I want it. I go back at night. It's not there. I rehide it and it's hidden again the next day. I never see it move, but it's never, ever where I leave it. My underwear is always out of my drawer too. And seriously, none of us would do something like this. Now, the whole time I was talking to the family, I was watching the young man. And almost every experience the family talked about, he laughed. He pumped his fist in the air. He clapped. Seriously, I he was acting like, like so immature. He was acting like a 10-year-old. I said to the family, hoping it would get a rise from him, the ghost. You know, I said, he looks like he's a 25-ish, but I know 10-year-old boys that act older than him. That did it. He yelled, they deserved everything I did to them. I said, do they know who you are? Are you related to them? He said, my name is Chad. And I partied a lot and the drugs got me, got me. He said, and that's how I died from an overdose. He said, but they don't know me, but Larry should know me. I said, okay. I said, have you, did you party with Terry or Sue, the daughters? He said, oh, no, 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 no. He says it was before that, way before that. And he said, you know, he said, they would never party the way I partied. 
He said, they are do-gooders, real good girls. And he was so sarcastic when he was saying it. It was like jealousy. It was, uh, and it was like, and, and that's why I like doing this all to them because they were so shocked. I asked Chad, why this family? Why did you pick them? And he said, well, he said, here's the what happened. He said, Terry and Sue got their dad an ancestry DNA kit for a Christmas gift. And Larry was curious about his great grandfather. His father could never remember or figure out what country in Europe grandpa was from. So the girls were hoping that he could get the information from Ancestry. And he said, so I, I got the, the, the gift and we gave it to dad. And Larry said, yeah. He said, I spit in the cup and I sent it off. And he said, well, he said, my mother, who is not Ruth, went to a sperm bank because she wanted a baby. I said, wait a minute. I said, Ruth sitting here in this room is not your mother. He said, oh, no. He said, but Larry is my father. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no. I said, how did you find that out? And he said, well, he said, I've been watching that. He says, because I always wanted to know who my father was. And because my mother went to this bank. I, she didn't know who he was, or if she did, she would never tell me. And I tried to go to the sperm bank and get information when I was alive. And of course, nobody would tell me anything. And he said, and it just bugged me. And he said, so when I had the opportunity after I died, I started hanging out at the sperm bank. He said, and then it turned out that it came back on the ancestry that Larry was my father. And he said, it has been so easy to do this to the family. He says, you know, after all, he says, I'm invisible. He says, and I found out all kinds of information. And he said, and I wanted to see what I could have had if dad had claimed me. I said, now, I had no idea if Ruth or his daughters knew of his deposits in a sperm bank. And what am I supposed to do? Do I just blurt out, gee, Chad, here is your half-brother? Gee, Larry, Chad is your son? And I said, no, I can't do that. So I said to Larry, Larry, show me your office. I says, I, I want to see something in your office. And it was basically to get him alone. And Larry said, sure. And everyone got up to go to the office. And I said, no, no, everyone just sit here. I says, Larry, you just come with me. And the two girls looked at each other. I don't think Ruth caught on. But the girls pretty much knew I didn't want them along with me. And so when we got to his office, I said, 
I have to ask you something, and I don't know if you want Ruth or the girls to know. He said, sure, I don't hide anything from them. I said, what about a sperm bank? And he just stared at me. He said, what? And I said, the sperm bank, your deposit produced a son. I said, and his name is Chad. And he wanted to find his daddy. And he just stared at me. Larry just stared at me. He sat down on his chair. And he, Chad said, and now he's yelling, no, they, he has to tell them about me. The girls have to know that I'm their half brother. And I said, Larry, when you took this DNA test, did you not think that this could possibly happen? And he said, you know, there were places on there to check if you don't want the information shared. I check that. He said, so, so how did it get out? And I said, well, somebody screwed up. I said, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to do. He said, no, I do not want them to know. I said, okay. I said, so they know everything, but not this. And he said, yeah. And I said, you never told your wife you did something like that? He said, no. And he says, I, I was just a young guy and a couple of my buddies were doing it. And so I went ahead and I did it too. And, and I said, okay. And he said, I just never, he said, oh my gosh, do you think I have other children out there? I said, I don't know. I said, Chad's the only one that's here. I said, at some point, there may be a crowd here. He says, but I only did it one time. I said, I, I says, I don't know how that works. I says, I'm sure there was more than one little fellow running around in there. I said, so you could have more children. And he said, no, just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. And I looked at Chad and Chad said, oh, no. I'm not going. I said, Chad, you can't stay here. You will not be able to come in because of the protection. I said, they're all going to be carrying protection on them. You are not going to be able to get close to any one of them. And he just stared at me. And I sort of turned my head away from Chad. And I looked at Larry and I sort of brought my voice down a little. And I said, you know, I said, maybe it's a good thing he's not going to the light. And Larry said, I don't want him here. And I said, yeah, but with the seeds up, he'll just have to go somewhere. I said, and, you know, if he ever finds out how much stronger he'll be if he goes to the light, maybe he really shouldn't go. That sort of did it because he thought he would be more powerful if he went to the light, which is exactly what I wanted him to think. And he said, okay, he said, I'm going to go. But he said, I will be back.
And in all honesty, once he went to the light, yes, anybody that goes to the light can come back. But it seems like nobody ever does. I think now when they're in the light, they learn what they have to learn. And he's going to find his own people. And that's how I left it. I opened the door and I let him, the, the white light and watched him walk into it. And he called his father a really nasty name. And he went into the light. To this day, none of them ever said that their father ever told them anything, which I'm sure he didn't. But Larry, I ran into him in a situation that we were both at. And I didn't even recognize him. He came up to me, he says, do you remember me? I said, yeah, sure. No. And he said, you came to my house. He said, I had a, a, a son that I didn't know I had. I went, oh, I remember. And he's, I said, did you ever can't see him or did he ever come in a dream? He said, no. Was he supposed to? And I says, well, the opportunity was there. But I said, apparently he didn't take it. And I said, and I didn't think he would. So that's that's how that happened. So I guess people that take those tests should probably be aware that that information really goes out there. And I guess you really never know who sees it. I, I just have certain types of opinions now about this Larry person. Mm -hmm. Um, as a parent, like, I'll just be quiet. <laughs> Here's the thing. He never knew him, you know, and I guess, I don't know, once you do something like that and you walk out, do you just forget you did it? Do you not give that any thought? I don't know. I'm not a guy. I don't know how that works. I, and, I, and in all honesty, he didn't like what the kid was doing to him and he didn't like what he was gawking at his daughter's. So I could see where he was angry about it. But I think the big thing was, and I don't know if it was so much keeping the secret from the girls as it was from keeping the secret from his wife. I mean, yeah, that is a little awkward. Half brother in the shower with the sisters. That's just yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, and I could see maybe not wanting them to know that it was their brother doing it. But I, if it were me, I would still have like some sort of like, holy cow, that's my kid. And my kid is dead. Like I didn't even know. And like what happened, you know, um, but that's me. Well, and that's it. And I think everybody will look at this differently. I never checked to see who made the mistake on giving out the information from Ancestry. I mean, I don't know if he checked. And boy, if I was him, I would have and made sure that that was checked or it was pulled or something so that if there were any more little Larry children running around out there, they couldn't find them. And if you think about it, especially college kids, how many of them do that just for a few extra bucks? Beside giving blood, give anything else you can give. So who knows? Well, my first thought when you, you know, when we were in that part of the story was, you know, was the family a little more in financial trouble and he was doing this on the side to make, you know, ends meet, not let, you know, the family know, like, hey, we're in dire straits. Um, but yeah, why not? This is a conundrum. Like, 
which way to, to go on this. Um, and just, and somebody's going to ask, Larry was the person that was paying me to come to the house. So he would be the final word. If it was, if he had said to me, I don't care, do it. Would he do what you think is best? Mm-hmm. I probably would have told him off because I, he really couldn't do anything more at that point. It was already done. Mm-hmm. What difference does it make? Right. And, and in all honesty, Larry wanted the kit. That was his Christmas gift. That's what he asked for. Mm-hmm. So sometimes be careful what you ask for. You may get it. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Like I just keep trying to put myself in the different positions of like, which way to go about it. You know, I, I kind of feel bad for Chad, you know, the family he could have had. Well, what does that mean with the, the life he grew up with? Was it rough? Was it bad? And, you know, this obviously was better in a little bit of resentment that way. Um, even though his dad didn't even know he existed. Um, but why are you in there peeping on your sisters? Yeah. Why are you being such a creep about it and going through their underwear drawer? And I mean, that's disgusting. But again, he was so immature and he never, apparently his mother never married. I did ask him what, what, what was wrong with your dad? And he says, I didn't have a dad. He said, I had a sperm bank and that's what he called his father, sperm bank. (laughs) So it's like, oh, gee, okay. Well, he was just so resentful for the whole thing. And I don't know where in the area, I don't know his growing up situation, but Larry and Roots was very, very comfortable. I mean, as far as what they had in the house and all of that, they didn't, there was nothing lacking. Maybe that's what he was disappointed in that he didn't have what the girls had psychiatry does not work in my title one little bit i just sit there and wonder like everybody else you've got to be kidding me well thank you for listening everybody this was quite uh, quite an interesting episode uh feel free to join us wednesday mornings 10 a.m and discuss this i think we could do a lot of discussion on this one after everybody listens to it episodes go live every wednesday morning and then we are live 10 a.m. on pretty much all the platforms and come discuss all of the uh, the episodes, what you like, what you didn't like in this very morally confusing episode. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye.